This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over on the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show or any of the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you can join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole patron-exclusive podcast, Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you, everyone, for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. Uh, guys? Who's that? You poke your head out of this room in time to see a Githyanki standing in the doorway, and he turns and he runs. Ravnus runs after him. You grab him and take him to the ground. They know I'm here. They will come looking for me. Who knows? Kazath. Are you from the Blackest Scowl? He nods. I am going to show you mercy that I don't think you've ever been shown before. He nods and turns and runs. I think we should get moving. Audio hardware preferences got all janky for some reason, but I love fix. (laughs) I love the moment when Nick goes into introduction voice because it'll be on the most random stuff sometimes. Like, like right now when he wasn't sure if we were going to roll this into the intro or not, he switched to introduction voice. (laughs) Yeah, because I'll make that decision in editing. So I just want to make sure I'm putting on the correct voice. (laughs) God damn it, hold on. My audacity isn't recording. (laughs) (laughs) Now that Tanner got reminded that uh, time zones exist and Mm -hmm. we dealt with uh, audio problems on his end and audio problems on my end, we're finally ready to go. Yeah. High five to Fiona. The two professional <laughs> members of Tales of the Void. Hey. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? Too long. Know. Time is fake. We should have it figured L- out. Now, long though. enough that, like, I think the majority of our intros are are riffing on the fact that we got all fucked up before we started recording. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, it's it's outlived my other podcast now, so long enough for that too. Wow. I did not realize. Uh, it's all been done. A bare naked ladies podcast. I had to think <laughs> of what it was called. Now on the Project Derailed Network. Now on the Project Derailed Network. I did not realize that that only started like only a couple months before Voidfarer. Like oh, yeah. it was like right yeah. around the same time. Mm-hmm. No, I had no idea. For whatever reason, I thought it like it existed for like a little bit longer than that. Nope, it was about the same time. I just went yeah. all in, put all my chips into podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a podcaster now. Yeah, I have this mic yeah. now. I got to fucking use it. You just woke up one day. <laughs> How's that investment working for you?
Um, well, it's uh, investments are when you make money back, right? <laughs> so, not great. It's incredible that you decided to do this right before you had a child. Yeah, that was also pretty dumb. <laughs> uh. Well, I feel like it, it almost on some level is like a little bit of a prerequisite, like, or at least it's like it, it makes you more qualified to do a podcast if you're a dad, if you're a parent. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the podcast is about. Like, I just feel that like dads who are podcasters is like a whole subsect of society. Dads who sure. are podcasters. Sure. I don't That's think my dad podcast. has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's like the square rectangle thing where like not all dads are podcasters, but like, no, this doesn't work. Shit. No. <laughs> but but you all fu- podcasters are dads. Yeah, yeah that makes that sense. You, you fucked up and instead of correcting yourself, you were just like, no, this is wrong. This can never work. <laughs> It's just wrong. Tanner, Nick, and I are going to like someone's going to knock at the door and drop the child off. They found out about the podcast. Yeah, you have to be a dad now too, which is oh really shit. Rough for you. Yeah. All right, I'm sport. Dead. Here's a baseball. I don't, I don't know. Listen, I am I am a dad to three wonderful little cat babies. So there you go. Oh, That's yeah. fair. My babies yeah. are just furry. So, Tanner, I do need to put you on blast for a second. Kitty gave me this wonderful gift, and I need to bring it up. Are 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 you or are you not currently wearing cat ear headphones? Oh, I'm totally wearing cat ear headphones. <laughs> He's a cat Beautiful. dad. He just said that, Nick. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, that's why I, I brought it up. Like, <laughs> truth, I'm going to be honest. Um, I think that a lot of the audio problems actually may have came from that because. <laughs> oh, no. oh, blaming the cat ear headphones. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I need some. Oh, the cat ears are right here. And I think that just messed up everything. And we said, oh, no. correct it. Incredible. But yeah, I'm totally rocking cat ears right now. And I mean, I feel kawaii. I think that's <laughs> Oh, I did want to establish that for our listeners so that they can just uh, imagine Marco as a cat boy the entire episode. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Only allowed to imagine Marco as a cat boy if you imagine Marco in the maid outfit, too. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> All right, on that note. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer butler outfit? <laughs> no, no, I like no. maid, actually. Mm. I'm going with that. Yeah. All right. The maid outfit doesn't need to be gendered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's play Dungeons and Dragons before this goes any further. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where the fuck did we leave off? <laughs> All right. So. You had been doing some research in the headquarters of the Rift Centuries, the organization of Cyrus, the elf individual who currently resides in Marco's Ring of Mind Shielding. And while you were doing that, it appears a scout of the survivor group run by the Githyanki named Kazath stumbled onto your camp. He attempted to flee but was captured. And after some discussion, Ravnus chose to let him go. That won't bite us in the ass at all. (laughs) I can't imagine why it would. (laughs) (laughs) And having gotten the information that you were looking for, information specifically about Mind Flayers and Illithids, and given that your location was discovered by a potentially hostile group, have decided that it is no longer safe to stay here and are moving on to the next location. So you've packed up your stuff and you've headed out. Now, Marco, since you are the one who has been leading this expedition, where is your 
next destination. I knew we, we talked about it. it was going to be the, the office of um, Actuary Pro Lego, right? Right. Now, you don't know exactly where that is, only that it's going to be in the catacomb district on the east end of the city, kind of the other end from where you're at now. So you kind of need to backtrack a little bit to the Grand Quadrivium and then continue eastward to get to there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. All righty. I think that I would start off first as we're walking back. I would have probably uh, go to Renzar. Um, and ask, um, Rinzar, I have a question real quick. Sure. Um, since we have to do some backtracking here to get back to the, the catacomb district, um, is there any way possible that we could maybe avoid the area where we had the encounter with Sleetfang? Um, or anything like that where we have to potentially deal with Sleetfang's mother? Uh, he nods and says, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, if we hug the north cliff face um, the edge of the city uh, pretty much the whole way east at least to the Grand Quadrivium that should bypass that area would it be particularly treacherous? Um, hard to say it's the area opposite where my group was um, I did a little bit of scouting when I was still part of Gazas group uh, but not the whole way so we'll have to kind of feel it out as we go um, the easiest route might be to head north from this location uh, to this large temple that's like just north of here, and then from there, like hug the cliffside east, at least to the Grand Quadrivium, and that'll circumnavigate where the dragon was at least. That will at least might add some time, but at the same time, it means that we don't have to deal with a much larger dragon. So, uh, good points. All right, lead us, lead the way. Yeah, and you kind of, uh, like, confer with Dex to, like, pop your destination into his GPS and then, like, account for Rinzar's detour. And yeah, unless you're doing anything else in particular to prepare or if there was anything else you guys wanted to do, I imagine you you head out? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. So Rinzar leads you back down. You kind of have to descend down the tower that you're currently in. Not nearly as tall as one of the spires of the Grand Quadrivium, so it doesn't take you that long to kind of backtrack your way back down. And then you head the opposite direction out of this tower than the way you came. Slowly working your way up a hill, kind of between buildings, towards the northern cliff face of the chasm that the city sits within. And you can actually see a large rounded terrace positioned about like halfway up. Now the city itself fills the entire chasm, crisscrossing its way across the space across many levels, but even the bottom of the chasm is covered with buildings that even seem to crawl up the sides of the chasm. The city has expanded to fill every available space within this canyon. So yeah, you're able to navigate your way through the snow and ice, staying within buildings for the most part, which are still mostly interconnected. And it breaks into a more natural cavern that has stairs built into the stone. Like this, it was a cave that was like carved just directly out of the cliff face. Uh, you begin ascending again. This is actually probably one of the warmer places you've been in since it's insulated by the actual stone of the canyon wall. Very little snow and ice has made its way in here, and it's actually a pretty easy climb. While you guys are climbing, Rinzar is actually going to slow his pace so that he is walking next to Ravnus. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. And he's going to say, I assume you have a plan. You assumed wrong. So you're telling me that you let 
that scout go back to Kazas group without some sort of plan. You're just going to trust that he's not going to tell him that we're here. We're moving somewhere else now, aren't we? That's true. It's not comforting that he may shift focus on us now. I don't think it is either. If you want to be upset with me about this, that's your decision. I'm not upset. I was just hoping you had some sort of trick up your sleeve that made this make more sense. Well, I don't. He'll nod and he'll say, then I will simply be more on guard. And uh, he he seems annoyed. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that one. I'll take the L there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he cuts off the conversation and quickens his stride to pull ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> Merrick will lean over to Luckbeak and just go, awkward. No kidding, man. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was a bad idea, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, great. That's that's like just kind of our MO, right? Just, I guess we'll see what happens. Does it feel like we're spiraling out of control just in general? <laughs> I ask myself that every morning. Dude, me too. <laughs> Is this, I don't know. Did the other voice sound better with me anyway? I ask myself that question a lot too. I don't know. I always thought it sounded really weird and out of place for you, but I've also known you for years. Yeah, all right. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it was uh, just a little bit smoother at the very least, didn't you? <laughs> well, that even sounded deeper than it used to be anyway. I it's think like I, you haven't been doing it I've in a forgotten while. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if this is what I sound like now, to be honest with you. <laughs> we haven't recorded for like three weeks. <laughs> Merrick will put his hand on your shoulder and like, well, I hope you figure it out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, we're having an identity crisis. <laughs> what better uh, way to start the day? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Ravnus is the most put together of all three of us. How I'm wild! Have an hallucination. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> so, uh, you guys climbing inside the spiral staircase that has been cut into the natural cliff face eventually opens up into a large circular chamber sitting on this big semicircular terrace jutting out of the side of the cliff face. You see a lot of snow has blown in through the large archways that are evenly spaced around the outside of this circular building. You look up into the domed ceiling, which has almost like the Pantheon-like structure with a single iris in the middle. And around the outside of this dome, you see 11 constellations. And then there is a spot for a 12th, but it is blank. Uh, can I roll some investigation here? Just to, like, look at it and, like try and figure out why that's not there like what the like is there an indentate is this a puzzle <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i'm trying to figure out if there's an intentional reason it was left blank yeah go uh, i'd say just make a perception check perception uh okay that's an 18 no sorry 19 with my stone right um okay um so it 
it's hard to say. Um, it doesn't look like anything has been there previously. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like almost as if the there is a spot for a 12th constellation, but it has not been carved yet. Okay. Like they left the spot for one, but they didn't, they never got around to carving it or for whatever other reason it was never, it was never added. Okay. Like, is this room, are there even like carving tools around? Like, I'm just wondering nope. how Pompeii this is. Oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah, this is, yeah, no, no, no. There's nothing around. This does look like it was an active temple, but mm -hmm. like again, 10,000 years ago, right. there's rubble in places. Uh, it's not entirely intact and there's ice and snow that has blown its way in here. Sure. So it's kind of hard to get an idea of like what this looked like when it was like an actual functioning place. Sure. Okay. So it does not look like it was like under construction. It looked like it was completed and oh, now weird. bits of it are like starting to crumble away. Okay. It's just that for whatever reason, this particular indent in the ceiling was never added. Nick with a 19, can I tell which one is missing out of the 12? So I can describe to you what they look like. Oh, they don't have names like cancer. They, they, okay. They are not names. Okay. <laughs> So you see, and it is, so it's it's kind of like in the, the sense of like, often with like the, like constellations of the Zodiac, like you have the, the actual star constellation is there with then an artistic rendering over it. So you see that there is a constellation that is vaguely in the shape of a humanoid uh, holding a shield and sword. And uh, the artistic rendering over this constellation is like an armored woman, like a knight with very ornate shield and sword. Okay. The next one appears to be a swirling storm with lightning uh, coming out of it. The next uh, is a, another uh, human-shaped constellation, um, narrow and slender. Um, the artwork depicts what appears to be like an elf-like figure holding out a hand with vines and plants extending off of it. Okay. The next looks like a person in some sort of like religious garb, clearly holding like a holy symbol aloft, and they're like depicted with like a halo. The next is a gargantuan whale of some sort, uh, or giant fish, um, something to that effect. Very watery, um, like almost as if it's made out of water. Okay. The next appears to be some sort of ghost or like other spiritual spooky incorporeal creature uh it's 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 drawn in the very cartoon ghost way where it has like a torso <laughs> and arms and a head but then just kind of a wispy tail uh, <laughs> okay. oh, i was hoping for like marshmallow ghost <laughs> marshmallow ghost yeah <laughs> the next one appears to be another figure um the artwork has it depicted uh a man with a sword holding a banner and a a stack of coins in his hand the next appears to be a large turtle with a mountain for a shell. The next one appears to be a horse wreathed in flame. Ponita. <laughs> Ponita. <laughs> Rapidash, obviously. <laughs> oh, shit. Then the next one is a hooded figure being strung upside down. And then the last one is a flaming bird, phoenix-like, with a long flaming tail. Oh, okay. We just need to figure out which Pokemon each of these are. Well, all of these are Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the last one is blank. So we are missing Psyduck. That might uh -huh. be the answer. <laughs> uh, okay. Sounds good. Thank you. I observe all that. 
and I nod in appreciation. Absolutely. I feel like you're taking like that, uh, the standard like art museum stance yeah. in front of Tuan. <laughs> exactly. Kind of like feet at shoulder width, like, you know, cross your arms in front of you and then like hold your chin. Yep. 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 I'm appreciating. That's or clasp, the... clasp your hands behind your back. Yeah, that could be a good one. <laughs> Uh, Marco, what are you what are you doing in this space? So I think Marco, with a lot of the information that he was given, is probably going to like once we walk in, if, unless we're passing through, I would probably sit down and start like going over my variety of different hypotheses on this like either planet-sized elder brain uh, or anything else. So Marco is just generally not interested in this in this space. Um, I don't think that he would inherently like look. He'd have to be like pointed out that something weird is going on here. I don't think, like, um, astronomy is really going to initially, like, capture him very quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, I will say that this space does have definitely the uh, the vibe and, like, trappings of, like, a religious temple. Yeah, I think also Marco would probably look at that and, like, not to say that he's, like, a- against religion, but would probably find less interest in it than something like the library that he was in just a moment ago. Fair. So... Unless he kind of gets, like, drawn into it, he's probably just going to be focusing on his own stuff. Totally fair. Yeah, so I think, like, people just kind of, like, taking this as an opportunity to catch their breath after the climb upstairs. Rinzar will say, should we move on, or was there anything else we needed to look at here? Oh, um, is there something that needs to be looked at? He, he kind of, like, nods to Luckbeak. He was just kind of, like, taking everything in, but... I think, uh... Okay, that, that I think he'd probably, like, once he realizes that at least uh, Flapwing is looking at something would be like um kind of like walks over to to Luckbeak and just kind of looks up um with with him and just be like so what's um what's going on here well it's kind of reminiscent of Feverus's early work um it's got <laughs> sort of you know uh, an interesting sort of feel to it uh, I don't know. I, I, astronomy stuff, really. I, I'm more appreciating the art side of it than anything else. I, I don't know much about space. Now that I'm looking at it, can I uh, make a check of some kind? Yeah, you can make uh, a religion check. All right, let's see. Oh, <laughs> that's a seven. A seven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you're pretty sure you've read uh, like mentionings of wardenism. Mm-hmm. in some of the Kratorian writings that you've uncovered, but you don't know a whole lot about it. You know, I think, um, yes, I think that this is part of the Kratorian religion. Um, I, I was never really focused on the religious aspects of the Empire, so it looks nice. Mm. I, I, absolutely. Cyrus will actually speak up in your head, Marco, after you say that. Actually, uh, if I might interject, Wardenism, well, was worshipped during the time of the Kratorians, actually predates our empire. The Kratorian empire in general was, for the most part, secular. There were worshippers of many different deities among its number, but the empire itself didn't have any one centralized religion. But Wardenism was one of the older ones. If I ever actually end, ba- end up back on Toril, I can go and rub this in Vinskosi's face. Haha. <laughs> He was convinced that that uh, Wardenism was a central aspect of Ural's uh, culture and society. Interesting. Luckbeak, you were saying something which you wouldn't have heard, Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I, I used to actually. I don't know how much you actually know about art, but um, these pieces in this sort of condition preserved so well. I mean, this is. 
I don't know how we would transport them, but this could be worth a lot of money. Sorry, I shouldn't also be defiling temples. That's a pretty big part of this, I think, now that I'm thinking about it. Isn't there... <laughs> is there one missing? Or is there always supposed to be 11? Um, no, I mean, definitely looks like there was supposed to be something here. Cyrus, do you know what's missing here? What what this 12th one is? Um, well, I'm not a wardenist myself, uh, but uh, from my understandings of it, one of the core mysteries of the wardenism faith is the identity of the 12th warden. Um, there are 12 wardens that is known. Um, these, the 12 wardens uh, correlate to constellations in the Cretorian night sky, um, but there is in fact one missing um, and has been for as long as anyone can remember. Um, looking over to Flapwing, I'll say, it's apparently a part of the faith that there's a twelfth, the twelfth one's supposed to be blank, that it's missing. Oh, interesting. So do people still, like, worship the mysterious twelfth warden? Um, Cyrus, uh, can, who can hear Luckbeak, but, uh, Luckbeak yeah. can't hear him, says, uh, some people do, um, but truth be told, no one quite knows what or who or that warden is and um, what uh, domains they would have hold sway over. Some interpretations uh, interpret it as the uh, warden of mysteries or the warden of the unknown by its very nature of being unknown. Cyrus says some do, but they're kind of niche. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be pretty weird. Although, I guess religion in general is kind of weird, huh? I suppose so. I mean, at the same time, too, we do know for a fact that many gods actually exist, but the idea of worship's a little funky to me. Yeah, right. Okay, well, uh, I guess let's move on. We shouldn't dilly-dally too long. Well, that's fair. Uh, well, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, so you move onward. Uh, you head out onto one of the terraces. It is out in the open, but it is a relatively short distance to an adjoining building um, in the wall uh, to the east. So um, you can you kind of poke your head out and look around for the, any sign of dragons, and when you don't see any, you can pretty easily dart across one at a time. We do that. Yeah, I'll save my far step for now. Yeah, so you get into this next building, which uh, it's hard to tell what it even was at this point. Uh, just the, the toll of time just didn't do it any favors, and it's kind of hard to glean any sort of function. But it does have connecting tunnels and stairs and stuff built into the wall. So it allows you to kind of hopscotch your way building to building inside the wall of the chasm on this side. So you do get almost back to the Grand Quadrivium after maybe about an hour, and there is a covered viaduct that goes from this level from the canyon wall um, into the northern spire of the Grand Quadrivium, which is where uh, Rinzar will say that you want to cross because heading over to the catacomb district will be easier from that point than from continuing along the wall. Okay, is there anything more treacherous to it than Rinzar? Or just a expedient route? It's more expedient. The chasm has a branch up ahead that extends northward several kilometers that would add probably a couple days to our journey if we just followed the chasm edge all the way around. I am curious about something, Renzar, because after we had to deal with that um, scout earlier, um, this Kazas group, are they similar to your group from before? Uh, our group originated from their group. Our group split off from their group when they wanted to orchestrate the very insane plan of 
attacking the frost giants. Would they even have the resources for that? No, that's why we left. But they see it as a way to capture the giant's ships and escape the planet. Um, And they are desperate, and Kazath is crazy. What what would you say their numbers were whenever you you left them? Probably close to 40. 40. Hmm. Outfitted around the same that you are, maybe a little more? Maybe a little more. Um, They've, they've, as crazy as Kazath is, they've, uh, he's been pretty adamant on scouting the area. Um, There isn't a whole lot to find in ways of warmth and armor and weapons, but the city was rife with magical items, which do hold up over the span of time. So they may not have found much, but what they have found has been enchanted. Magical items, you say? (laughs) 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 This aligns with my interests. (laughs) It was just more a question of um, if Kazas group is so dangerous, I mean... We are a relatively decent-sized group, well-fed, well-clothed. Uh, Maybe taking them on wouldn't have been a worse decision in the world, but eh, it might not even be worth the risk if we can avoid them altogether. I agree. Well, I think you may may stand a chance and at least put up a fight. Um, I don't think it would be without casualty. Mm. Yes, the numbers would pretty well say that we would at least lose one or two, and that's a cost that we probably shouldn't want to want to pay. Also, a conflict of that scale would undoubtedly draw unwanted attention from greater threats. Ah, yes, yes, the dragons and the giants. Uh, That would almost surely end in all of us dying. A good point. Had a lot of time to think of all of the scenarios. Good to know. Well, thanks, Renzar. So, um, you guys have this bridge uh, to cross, and uh, it will lead you into the... uh, A couple levels up from, like, the plaza level of the north spire does it seem particularly like treacherous or dangerous or is it just a Um, hop skip and a jump over it doesn't seem like it's unsteady it is enclosed but doesn't provide complete cover because like there are large arched windows along its whole length but it is more enclosed than just an open bridge so i think i would look at that and say to the group um it might be best if we actually think a little far ahead here to make sure that we're not captured or anything. Um, I can cast invisibility on a couple of individuals who could scout out the area first beforehand, if that would work. Or we could just go ahead and move forward and take our chances. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always for playing it safe, if you're asking me. Scouting probably isn't such a bad idea. If that's the case, I could maybe do it on two or three. Um, you will forgive me for assuming i would assume that maybe uh ravnus azarath and renzar might be the best three for the job i wipe the sweat off my brow (laughs) (laughs) ravnus shrugs (laughs) she's like fine (laughs) looking over be like you are correct flapwick you and merrick are perfect for the job thanks for volunteering wait 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 what (laughs) <laughs> Knowing your skills as well, there's no need for invisibility. I'm sure you can do it without. Uh, I mean, Flapwing killed a dragon, but I I was in a trunk the whole time. Okay, you guys loosened the lid of the jar. I just opened it. <laughs> Marco just wants all the gifts or I and get Yankee to leave so he can talk about how much he loves mind flayers. <laughs> Listen, they're fascinating as a subject material, but I would not say I'm enamored with them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you going to reveal that this was all a social deduction game and that he was a mind flayer the whole time he got his card at the beginning? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what a twist. Secret. Stop it. You're giving away the game. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> if anybody thinks of anyone who might be better suited for the job, I mean, I'm more than happy to send anybody else. I just thought that those three were the most logical of the group here. Makes sense to me. Yeah, so they are <laughs> turned invisible. Yeah, so. Alright, so you, you make the Aldegith invisible? Indeed. So what's the plan? You guys are just like going across the bridge to kind of scout? Yeah. Okay. We're invisibly trying to just take a look at what's ahead. Sure. Alright, um, so uh, Ramnus, go ahead and make a self check with advantage. And I will do the same for Rinzar and Ezerath. All the Z's in this group. So many Z's. That's how you know it's that they're good. <laughs> Z's and apostrophes. <laughs> it feels like it should be a t-shirt. <laughs> Ravnus doesn't have a Z in her name. Well, that's where the apostrophes come in. Oh, okay. It's to take out the extra Z's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> uh, six. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you get you're walking along and uh ravenous you kind of like slip slightly on some ice uh not not so much that you fall but enough that it kind of like makes like a louder than you're comfortable with scraping sound as some uh, bits of ice and stone kind of skitter across the ground as you're slowly working your way across the bridge go ahead and make a perception check for me oh boy. so if i got all my bad rolls out that's not bad that's a 15 15 yeah, so you're keeping an eye out um, through these large openings on the side of this covered bridge and keeping an eye out for dragons, keeping an eye out for giants, of which you see neither. But uh, you are looking down and you see along the ground, probably about 30 feet down, a big old doggo. Puppy. A large white dire wolf. <laughs> Shoot. Easily the size of like one of the owlbears that you fought earlier uh, a couple days ago. A big old doggo sniffing around below. Alright, we gotta uh, we gotta call Luckbeak in here to deal with this. <laughs> um, okay, so he's sniffing below like the thing we're on, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and in fact, uh, as you notice him, um, he's sniffing the ground and his ears are up and alert, uh, kind of twitching back and forth. Uh, and his eyes are up looking around. Um, he has piercing blue eyes. Puppy. Okay. Um, she is going to... Uh, so, the yeah, they still need to get all the way across the bridge. Um, yeah, you're about like halfway across now. Yeah, she's going to take note of that as a potential complication. Um, but sort of think that probably right now doing something about it, it's not the best idea. Uh, so she's going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. you, do you point it out to the others or do you just... Well, like, she's invisible, right? Yeah, but uh, you could say something. Yeah, okay, so if they're, like, nearby, she will, like, point it out to the others. Um, if she's, like, reasonably certain that just, like, talking won't call any attention to them. Yep. And then they keep going. You get, like, maybe another, like, 30 feet, 
and then suddenly Ezra stops suddenly in front of you, but she lets out a little grunt as well because it seems like Rinzar has stopped <laughs> in front of her. Uh, none of you can see each other. Rinzar, what the fuck? <laughs> and Rinzar will say, up ahead. And you look up ahead through your companions, probably, and you see kind of in the shadows of the structure on the other side of this bridge movement. And it does look like another one of these large white wolves sniffing around in that building. Okay. It's like they hunt in packs. What? I've never heard that one before. Um, so Well, there's an alpha and a beta, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fake wolf psychology our way to the answer yeah. here. All of um, the fake wolves. <laughs> uh, so can I actually make some sort of check or if she would just know would animal friendship work on dire wolves um go ahead and make a nature check because she knows that that's going to be like the first thing that they try that is pretty good that's a 15 yes so uh animal friendship would in fact work on dire wolves would would yes yeah okay all right yeah we did like i said we just gotta get luck beacon here my specialty <laughs> now um i will say this though Ravnus, make another perception check for me real fast natural one baby <laughs> never mind okay <laughs> these are totally regular direwolves <laughs> nicholas <laughs> they're all cleo direwolves <laughs> everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your Dungeon Master and officially certified space clown. Spelljammers actually confirmed for real. Obviously, being massive fans of the setting and playing in our 5e version of it for years, we are incredibly excited Spelljammers coming back and hopefully leads to many more people out there getting introduced to this wonderfully bizarre setting. I can't wait to get my hands on the books and seeing what I can have fun with incorporating here on the show. But anyway, thanks for listening to this ninth episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. Like I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a new single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. If you haven't checked out Cape Chronicles, our new Amass a New Generations podcast, I can't recommend it enough. Join Fiona and myself, along with our friends Roger, Chelsea, and GM Cliff, as we weave a tale of teenage superhero hijinks one issue at a time. The next episode comes out tomorrow at the time of this release, and you can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month. Stick around for a trailer at the end of the show. Fables Around the Table, she is now in full swing. This season, we are playing the death metal-inspired RPG Morkborg. GM Chelsea Rexinger leads Garrett, Annalise, and Josh on a gnarly tale of blood, flesh, and bone in this season of Fables Around the Table.
Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always hanging out, chatting about all things nerdy, swapping memes, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join in on the fun. Are you a cool person? I'm not sure I believe you. You're going to have to prove it to me by sporting some cool Project Derailed merch conveniently available at bit.ly slash derailed shop. Get a Tales of the Voidfarer, Fables Around the Table, or big streaming pile shirt designed by Chelsea Rexinger. You gotta. I've been told it's the only sure way to be cool. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. See you then. So Rinzar, who is in the front, kind of whispers back, what do we do? We should probably head back and tell them what's ahead, since we know what's ahead now. Good deal. So they start uh, making their way back. Yep. And you do, in fact, get back. Back with the group, Luckbeak and Marco and everyone else, uh, Scriv and Roxana and Merrick and Brohane, uh, who's still sitting astride era. I say only to remind everybody who's there so we don't <laughs> all forget they exist. <laughs> you guys are just chilling as you hope your invisible companions are making progress and not getting into trouble. Merrick is actually going to say, this always makes me really nervous. How do we even know that, like, they got there or that they're like, oh, God, something just brushed against my. <laughs> are you being serious? Are you trying to freak me out again? No, I swear. Like, I th- are you guys back? Merrick, I think that was the wind. Oh, he thinks he's funny. I no, Seriously. How do we know they're not back or anything? Yet? Hi. Oh, God. See. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're back, I will drop invisibility. There's dire wolves ahead. Oh, okay. How many? We saw at least two, but there could be more. If I'm not mistaken, with the group that we currently have, dire wolves shouldn't be the worst challenge. Right. We're we're more than capable. I guess it'd be more of a matter of attention. Hmm. Okay. Well, it still seems like the safest way, huh? Renzar. So this would be still the optimal path. There's no other real way around. Not any that wouldn't add significant amount of time to our route. Well, I mean, Flapwing, you were able to charm some owlbears earlier. Why couldn't you charm a wolf? Oh, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it definitely matters how many of them are. there are. Like, I could, you know, charm one, but uh, yeah, let, let's give it a try. All right, well, um, you can take the lead then. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Don't, don't worry, we'll be right behind okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, let's head off. Okay. Clock, clock. So you begin moving your way across this bridge. Ravnus, you glance down um, below where you saw the first one, and you do not see it anymore. It looks like the one below us has moved somewhere else. I look in back of us. Nothing. Make a perception check. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a 12. No, you do not see it behind you. <laughs> I look up. Oh, God, they're in the trees. Uh-huh, they're <laughs> flyer wolves. I knew it. <laughs> 
lose 100 XP. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're doing it by numbers now, I see. <laughs> not, also not HP, XP. Yeah. XP, yeah. You just yeah. got yeah. downgraded. Well, no, the thing of do, doing milestone leveling means I can penalize you as much XP as I want. <laughs> <You definitely. laughs> oh, God. Level nine, but they all have a negative 1,000 XP. <laughs> You do still see, uh, it looks like the one ahead still seems to be moving around in that room. Um, are you guys trying to be particularly stealthy? Um, I guess I'm leading. Yeah, I probably am. Go ahead and make a stealth check. Okay. I rolled a natural 20. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. So 22. Um, what about everybody else? Yeah, it's only Probably as good as the good. least. Yeah. That's a bummer. Um, no, I, I I will average out the results. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to screw you guys over because like <laughs> like one person rolled really bad. Uh, okay, well, I rolled size. really bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, considering that the group, this is not the best. That 20 will be weighted. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a 14 for me. Okay. Ravnus, what'd you get? One. Oh, shit. Oh, you got, you literally got a natural one. Yeah, no, well, I was not well, kidding. Well, it cancels out. Uh, we are the yin and the yang. Wait, are you telling me I'm more, like, Marco's more dexterous than, than Ravnus is? Uh, Ravnus is pretty dexterous, but she has this big clanky armor that oh, is a problem. Oh, that'll do it, yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't your new armor not have the penalty anymore? Uh, does it not have the penalty? Because I thought that was, like, the reason you switched. Because it's a, it's a breastplate. Yeah, you're right. It's a breastplate. Hmm. Do you want me to re-roll that? Yeah. One. Okay, well, that is 10 plus 3, 13. Okay. Right, you're right. I did change that. I just didn't put it on my sheet, and I put it in my notebook because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you guys creep up on it. Uh, moving across this bridge, you see this large wolf sniffing around in a far corner of this shadowy room on the other side, and you eventually get all the way across, and you're standing in the doorway. And This is a level of the Grand Quadrivium, the North Spire. It is a large atrium, like many of these like hub levels are. Most of it is... Uh, in rubble, there's piles of snow around. It's it's actually a room that looks pretty similar to the room that you encountered the owlbears in, but that was the south spire. But it seems all these spires were kind of made with the same like general layout. Mm -hmm. As you approach, even with your relatively low noise, you do see it look up, its ears kind of twitching, and it looks kind of the one side, and you see its snout sniffing the air, and then it does turn and look at you. And you standing here close to it, uh, with it kind of slightly in shadow, um, you see that its eyes are glowing with an unnatural blue glow. Ooh. Uh, can I roll nature on that? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 17. Um, 17? Um, yeah. Flapwing, you think this may not be a dire wolf. This may, in fact, be a winter wolf. Oh. Which would make it a monstrosity and not a beast. Which, which means, means that animal your animal oh friendship boy. will not work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm like backing up uh, until I bump into someone, and I'm saying, I, 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 I remember this. This is not Ravnus. This isn't a dire wolf. What do you mean? This is this is something different. This is. 
An animal. It's a monster. Oh. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf is now, uh, has lowered its head. Its ears are flat against its, uh, the back of its head. And, uh, it is growling as it starts taking a few steps towards you. May I make um, a nature check real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I want to see if, like, this creature can be reasoned with or what its, like, natural demeanor is. Okay, that's a 15. 15? What you've heard about winter wolves is you do know that they are intelligent, but not particularly smart. They are capable of, of speech. Um, they have their own language, and usually in many of them do also know how to uh, understand and speak common, and also probably giant. Um, you do know that they also uh, frequently ally themselves with giants. Mm. On top of that, may I make a perception check as it starts growling? Sure, what are you looking for? Any other ones. Not not necessarily <laughs> like a rep, but like signs that they're going to start like crawling out of like the walls or some shit. Yeah, go ahead. Um... Okay, so that's a 14. You do not see any here, but as the creature is growling and squaring up with you guys, it does, in fact, open its mouth and says, Intrengel. Uh, does anybody speak giant? Well, let me check on that one. Sure, I don't. I do not. Nope. I do not. Okay. Yeah, so you don't know what it said. It lets out a howl loud that like kind of shakes the room that you're in. And then you hear another distant howl coming from behind you. And then a third coming from somewhere below. And then a fourth even more distant. And with that perception check, you also hear the sounds of shouting giants. Ugh. Um, so what is that noise? That's the giants that they just alerted. <laughs> I need uh, I need everybody to roll for initiative. Oh, boy. <laughs> Literally, if I had one more side, I was going to, like, fireball and then just scream scatter. Scatter! <laughs> Jeez it! <laughs> it's the fuzz. I got a 16. I also got a 16. Oh, fancy. I got a 5. Okay. And I got everybody else on there. Well, I think it is far none that um, Ravnus is going to be faster than Marco. You will like it if you let me go first. Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. Um, Rinzar is actually, he's first. He got the highest. Uh, and he's just going to say, what's the plan? Who is he asking? Ravnus and Marco and... Oh, okay. And every the, the people who are in charge. Um, she looks at Marco and says, do you have any idea of how to deal with these things? I guarantee you that thing has just told a whole lot of worse. Um... Do you, Renzar, do you see the exit? Do you know, like, a way that we can make a run for it? The, the exit uh, from this chamber, the one we would need to go to to advance is on the other side of it. Okay, so then we have to fight and run so that we don't get cornered by giants instead of this thing. Okay. He is going to run forward. <laughs> and he's gonna punch. Miss. Uh, miss. Okay. Uh, Ravnus and Marco. Marco. Uh, Marco is first going to touch um, Ravnus and cast Foresight on Ravnus. Um, okay, so uh, you touch a willing creature that bestows a limited ability to see into the immediate future. For the duration of eight hours, you cannot be surprised, 
Uh, you have advantages on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. Additionally, other creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. <laughs> uh, okay. Disadvantage attack against... So you essentially have advantage on everything, and everything has disadvantage on you to hit you. That sounds cool. That's why I said let me go first. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you will enjoy what I give you. Um, with that, though, that would be my action. So my other action, I am going to just move 30 feet. I guess, like, trying to stay away from the, from the winter wolf, but obviously that's not really a possibility. So I'll just be running towards the wolf. Got it. And hope that you place a little pink flower on Ravnus's head, and then she sees the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> that that is exactly what happened. Yep, <laughs> like the gift with the cat. <laughs> uh, Ravnus, your turn. Uh, yeah, you you get the spell cast on you, and it's like suddenly you do like basically kind of see all the universe at once for like half a second, and then can basically see shadows of like what everything around you is doing like a slightest fraction of a second before it happens okay um so since the plan is sort of to just like run as fast as they can out of here i think that she's going to try to move forward and then uh take a side powered leap to uh get pretty far okay so you're you're trying to like just get past this wolf yeah, unless they want to kill it, but they're trying to move past it, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, she's going to uh, run past the wolf and then uh, try to make her, her long jump to get even farther. Okay. You would kind of need to try and make your jump before the wolf to, like, kind of jump over it because it is kind of, like, blocking the path. So, like, if you try to just run around it, um, it will get an attack of opportunity on you. Um, but she has disadvantage on that. Well, it has disadvantage. It has on disadvantage on the attack. So, would I have to use my my high jump or my long jump to get over it? Probably high. Jump. Okay. Um, because it's like kind of both. Because you're jumping over a thing, not up to a thing, or just simply across. Uh. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, um, she is going to do this from standing presumably or does she get a running start you can get a running start okay you have like um, you, can, you have like 10 feet before you actually like have to start jumping yeah so that's it says three times two is six plus four is 10 plus 18 is 28 plus another three is 31 so she gets 31 feet in the air as she okay. goes over it yeah, you can you can clear it pretty easily, avoiding the attack of opportunity. Um, landing on the other side of the room in the doorway, that would be the way you need to go. Okay. And it is, in fact, stairs that descend. And as you get there and uh, kind of turn to start, like, heading that way, you see that there's another wolf on its way up the steps. Okay. That is... Uh... She's going to then... Uh, they're already alerted. She's going to call out to the others... Um, there's another one coming up the steps. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You, don't you, heard, want that. you heard the man, Nick. <laughs> Just get rid of that one. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> bad, bad dog. <laughs> uh, do you, was, that, was that your action or is that just your movement? Um, so that is her movement. Um, I'm thinking that now because there's another one 
she is going to try to want to engage. So she's going to try to um, probably get the... <laughs> is there any way she can, like, get the one that she just passed to, like, turn towards her? Like, um, give it a nice poke with her sword or something? You're still kind of close enough to it that I'd say with your movement, you can step backwards towards that one and engage that one if you wanted. Sure. Like, But you'd be, like, using your attack against it, hoping that it draws its attention. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that... Uh, you are now yeah. between two wolves. <laughs> there are two wolves inside you. <laughs> yeah, I think that she kind of... I think her immediate goal is that she wants the wolves not looking at the group. So, yeah, she'll do that. Okay. Um, 16 plus 9 is 25. That does, in fact, hit. Okay. Just a little. So, yeah, so she's going to um, use her psionics to make her sword go all purpley. Uh-huh. And that is four and seven is eleven with her long sword plus another four. So fifteen total. Okay. Sounds good. She's gonna try it again. Twenty-three. Yeah, that hits. Okay. Okay, so that's uh <laughs> so that's an eight she rolled another eight on her psionic talent die, so that goes down a size, uh, but for a 16 total. Damn. Yeah, two, a burst of psionic energy, and then an even bigger burst of psionic gen- energy that leaves you uh, physically drained a little bit. Um, all right, yeah, two big gashes. It kind of yelps and uh, turns and snarls at you. Um, in fact, you did, in fact, get its attention. <laughs> Good. So now there's two wolves on Ravnus. The plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> so Ezerath is going to step up and attack the first wolf. And that will hit for seven damage. Second attack. And miss. All right. Uh, Merrick. Uh, Merrick will swing at the first wolf with his club. Natural one. No. Nice. That's Aww. my boy. <laughs> oh no um, yeah so Ravnus jumped back to this first wolf striking it twice the wolf snarled it didn't even react to Ezerath punching it uh, but then Merrick comes up and goes bad dog and hits it with his club Dummy. and the wolf <laughs> turns back to Merrick and takes it out of his hand uh, just <laughs> grabs the stick <laughs> and shakes it out of his hand uh, but now, with Merrick's natural one, has drawn the attention back off of Ravnus. <laughs> so it is the wolf's turn. The winter wolf coming up the steps is going to... Uh, yeah. First one is going to attack Merrick with his bite attack. 17 to hit does, in fact, hit for, oof, nine damage. Uh-oh. And Merrick needs to make the strength check. Um, to see you. Uh, and yeah, Ner- Merrick is knocked prone. So he's been disarmed, bitten, like the the wolf bites him in the leg <laughs> and pulls his leg out from under him and Merrick falls on his ass. And Merrick is just choice. like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you can keep the stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other wolf is going to jump into the room and you see it inhale and then breathe out a blizzard of cold air and ice. And I need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw. The DC is 12. Miss. Give me that full damage. 
Oh, yeah, full damage is what I mean. Uh, so you take 18 cold damage on, on a fail. I got an, an at 20. Okay, so you take uh, you take nine cold damage. Merrick only takes nine, uh, but Merrick that's still Merrick is still like not not doing great. Then uh, Rinzar takes half, and then Ezrath takes the full eighteen. All righty then. You hear the sound of another wolf coming up the steps behind the, the second one. There's another one. She calls out to the group. <laughs> Brohane um, is going to say, Shite, should we head back the other way? Aren't they going to follow us? We don't have anything to, like, bar the way, do we? But we have a clear path. Uh, fine, yes, I, I guess. I don't know. I look back to the others. I look to Renzar, and um, I'm just going to scream. Um, is there any other way but this way that we could go? We could find another way if we need to. This was just the fastest. Fine, retreat then. Let's retreat. Rohane will nod. He'll reach into his satchel and pull out a uh, orange vial and hurl it uh, over your heads at the second direwolf who fails. So the thing shatters and a of fire kind of explodes across its haunches and it kind of recoils back, uh, taking a decent chunk of damage. Okay. Um, all right. It's Roxana's turn. And she's going to kind of step to the side of the one way. And she goes, if you start going, I will cover the retreat. Um, and it is now Flapwing's turn. Uh, I mean, uh, is it worth it to just like shoot blindly into there to just try and scare them away? Well, yes, of course. Uh, so I'm going to do a bullying shot. Nice. Um, so I'm going to expend my abilities grit. you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to gain advantage to intimidate. Uh, okay. I'm going to uh, bet that they've never encountered um, a group this big or this well-fed before, or perhaps with a gun. So I'm just mm. going to kind of shoot, like, try my best to shoot to the side of one to just show my expert marksmanship uh, and, uh, you know, intimidate them. Okay, so you're not actually shooting to hit it? Well, I don't think... As far as I understand, bullying shot. Expend grit to gain advantage to intimidate. Hold on, let me look that up real quick to see. I'm if... pretty sure you it's still an attack. You can use the powerful blast and thundering sound of your firearm to shake the resolve of a creature. You expend one grit point while making a charisma intimidation check to gain advantage on the roll. So no, it's not a shot at them. Oh, it's not an attack. So no. it's because uh, a lot of the grit things are like yeah. add-ons to attacks. Right. And it sounds like this one's not. Yeah. So so you're firing in the air basically. That's right. what it's you know one of the flavored interpretations yeah. of it. So um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so I will roll advantage with intimidation. Yeah, go make an make an intimidation check with advantage. Here we go. Uh, that's my intimidation. So I rolled a 17. Okay. Yeah. So um, you do that. Let me let me roll. Uh, what's your save like as a as a gunslinger? Like when you have when you have effects that have saves attached to them? Um, 12. 12. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So the one that's closest, probably the one that you were aiming the closest to does, in fact, like startle. It's still holding Merrick's club in its mouth <laughs> and it's glowering down at him. And it does, in fact, kind of startle and jump back slightly. Its ears going flat again and it like drops Merrick's club and its tail tucks between its legs and it looks around kind of panicky. You definitely spooked it for uh, for at least the moment. Cool. And then I'm going to 
take a deep big boy breath and I'm going to start walking <laughs> backwards uh, while doing whatever flavorful thing it is to reload my gun because I don't actually have to reload it. But like yeah. keeping an eye on them and I'll say, I'm going to cover too. So I'm covering the escape by hopefully just... Sure. Roxana glances back over her shoulder with her eyebrows raised and gives you uh, an impressed nod. Hell yeah. Um, Scriv is uh, kind of backing up slightly, but he's going to look to Merrick and say, Eternity dwells on aberrant morale, and a word lingers in studious adventure. And Merrick is going to say, I don't know what that means, but I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) And you do see his, his wounds heal slightly. It is now Rinzar's turn. Um, oh yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rinzar is going to attack the wolf that's in front of him before attempting to make a retreat. Um, first attack will hit. Second attack will also hit. Uh, so kind of taking advantage of it being like spooked for a second, he is able to get some licks in. His second attack, I think, was a like two-footed kick where he jumps up, hits you know both feet into it, and then does a backflip off of the thing, and he rolls that directly into his retreat. And he backs up to match the distance that Roxana and Flapwing are holding, covering the retreat. Ravnus and Marco. Okay. Um, Ravnus, do you want to go first or me? Um, you can go first. Okay, um, Nick, is there anybody, like, I was running towards the stairwell, is there anybody in front of me now that's, like, in the stairwell? There is a wolf there. Just a wolf. The second wolf came up there, but you heard that there's a third on the way, uh, according to Ravnus. Okay, so, um, I'm just going to take my 30 feet, turn back, and cast Fireball at the entrance of the stairs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, more to whom it may concern sort of deal. Sure. <laughs> um, so... That will, let's see. Um, yeah, I'll say that'll hit the one that has already entered the room and then also potentially hit the one that's on the way. Okay, they need to make uh, dexterity saving throws. Uh, the first one was a 15. Okay. Um, and second one was a 17. All right, the 17 is good. The 15 is not good. Okay. So let's see here. Instead of rolling this five times, I'm going to get a dice roller. Hold on. Tanner only has one of each type of die. (laughs) (laughs) I have 2d6 sitting in front of me right now. I can get more. It's just each are going to equally take the same amount of time. You have half of 2d6 sitting in front of you. I mean, I don't want to take more space. (laughs) Cliff does a lot. That's nice. (laughs) All right. uh, So it's going to be a 38 or a um, 16. 16? No, not 18. Okay. And then the rest is going to be booking it. Yeah, the one that you can see is scorched and kind of leaps backwards, and some of its hair is now burning, but it glowers at everybody all just the same. Definitely taking some licks. Um, it's not looking great, but it's also not dead. So, okay. Uh, Ravnus. Um, so Ravnus is going to um, sort of like try to do her side-powered leap over to the other side of the direwolf again. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll actually say that with it being spooked from Luckbeak's shot, you could probably get around it without provoking attack of opportunity anyway. Okay, so she'll do that. And then she's going to sort of like, she probably could like retreat all the way out, but she's going to hang back like a little bit and help um, Roxana cover the retreat. 
Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, Roxana, Ravnus, and Luckbeak all kind of like holding up defensive stances to either side of the <laughs> the bridge here, letting people filter between them. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Luckbeak. Ezerath <laughs> uh, is going to punch the wolf, uh, succeed, and do it again, and then, oh, nat 20. Tasty. <laughs> Double damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, the wolf, uh, this is the same wolf that was spooked by Luckbeak is like now like kind of trying to shake itself uh, back to a clear mind and is getting pummeled in the process. As Ezerath kind of lands that strike, she takes a couple leaps backwards and, uh, well, the thing is spooked. So yeah, no attack opportunities for it. So uh, she gets away and backs up to the rest of the group. Um, back onto the bridge. Merrick is going to pick up his club and army crawl away from, <laughs> from the from the wolf and kind of roll onto his feet. And okay, so leaving, leaving. Got it. <laughs> and we'll back up to meet the rest of the group. So um, I actually think that means everyone is out. So it is the winter wolf's turn. This wolf shakes its head and glares at the group and will step up its mass, like filling the, the space almost. But the one coming up behind it definitely uh, just visually like blocks the entire archway into this tower from the bridge that you're standing on. And that is when you hear a distant howl from behind you. Ugh. And you see two wolves standing on the other side of the bridge. Hmm. Great. Uh, and Brohane is just going to say, shite. <laughs> <laughs> but he's backing up on Ira, kind of readying a, another flask of alchemist fire. Not quite not quite sure what to do yet. Kind of backing up to let you guys get away from the first wolves, uh, just cautiously keeping an eye on the other ones. And at that point, <laughs> at that point, that's when you hear shouting coming from below. Deep, guttural voices. So uh-huh. then the only way to go is up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have to ask uh, um, Nick, is there anything that is up? Uh, you are on a bridge right now. So, so a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, the bridge is covered, so you're not like you know gonna get swooped by dragons right now. But you can't. There isn't anything above you except like the roof of the bridge, basically, and you'd have to like clamber out a window to get to it. But below you, you hear guttural voices just moving find the dim, and you look to see two frost giants who are pointing up at the bridge, shouting commands to their winter wolves as they get out massive stone clubs and start trying to bash down the supports of the bridge. Oh. <sighs> and uh, I think that's a good place to pick up next God. time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gonna give us a week to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> to reflect on our decisions. Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. 
She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table. She. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of them. Yeah. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell! Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Bum on the pilot ship. You were born on a pilot shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. projectderailed.com